This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores brings you this hour of the Garage Logic Podcast number and now, 38. And now, and now it's number three. Yeah. Just for measure, let's that's that's really okay. Here we go. Hey, okay, good. And wow. Now, here we go. From the mayor's Did office. Did you get Fratelloni's in there? The yeah, I love Fratelloni's. The I was there Saturday. Can we start again? No, it's I was there Sunday. Logic with rookie on production. I had to buy clear Chris packing tape. <laughs> of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom. And Little uh, Fifty Shades thing going on, huh? Crabby <laughs> coffee shop. Here is your flashlight camera. No, fireworks commissioner. Oh, and keeper oh, of common oh, sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushman. Wow. Are you aware of a comedian named Pete Davidson? Yes. I don't know that I know Pete Davidson. Saturday Night Live. He's not oh, much. Oh, yeah, okay. He's not much of a guy. He's not much of a man. No. He lost, I believe, his father and the September 11th yes. uh, terrorist attack. During an appearance on the Weekend Update segment uh, uh, Saturday, uh, cast member Pete Davidson spoke about the upcoming midterm elections and offered his first impressions of several candidates. But his comments about Dan Crenshaw, a Republican candidate for Congress and a former Navy SEAL who lost an eye in an IED blast while serving in Afghanistan in 2012, has drawn criticism. You may be surprised to hear that he's a congressional candidate in Texas and not a hitman in a porno movie, Davidson said, laughing. I'm sorry. I know he lost an eye in a war or whatever. Crenshaw's website describes the events of his injury. Crenshaw responded Sunday morning to David's comments on Twitter. Good rule in life. I try hard not to offend. I try harder not to be offended. That being said, I hope NBC recognizes that vets don't deserve to see their wounds used as punchlines for bad jokes. Davidson's segment, which he introduced as a look at gross candidates during this election. Well, obviously he means Republicans. After his comments about Crenshaw, he made a few remarks about New York Governor Andrew Cuomo to look fair. Uh... The comments about Crenshaw quickly received criticism online, with many users pointing out that Crenshaw is a veteran who lost his eye serving his country. On Sunday, the National Republican Congressional Committee demanded an apology from Davidson and SNL. Getting dumped by your pop star girlfriend is no excuse for lashing out at a decorated war hero who lost his eye serving our country, National Republican Council spokesman Jack Pandel said in a statement. Pete Davidson and NBC should immediately apologize to Dan and to the millions of veterans and military families who tune in every weekend because they're not laughing. During the segment, Davidson also mocked himself. I shouldn't be making fun of how anyone looks. I look like I make vape juice in a bathtub. This guy, obviously, I'm not getting the point here of his humor. But the whole show's no longer funny. Sorry. That's what that show and late-night television has become, and it's really pathetic. A congressional candidate who lost his eye while serving in Afghanistan said today that a joke made on Saturday Night Live about his appearance was dark and that he should, uh, and that he should have rethought the joke, but added that he doesn't want a hollow apology. 
The first part of that skit was just strange. The second part, I think, is when it just became dark. Republican Dan Crenshaw, who was running for Congress in Texas' 2nd District, uh, told CNN's Alyssa Camarota, uh, We have thick skin, but as veterans, it's hard for us to understand why war, war wounds would elicit such raucous laughter from an audience. I, because we're, we're doomed, aren't we? We're just doomed. Yeah, that's really a Bush league. Uh, I don't think you, no matter what, you don't want to go after veterans who have any type of wound. Crenshaw, Navy SEAL. Uh, <clears throat> on Monday, uh, Crenshaw said he's not going to demand an apology from Davidson. Uh, whose father was a firefighter who died in the 9-11 attacks. I do not demand an apology. He probably should apologize, Crenshaw said, but I don't want some hollow apology. I think he's exposed himself. I think he's exposed himself for who he really is. I wish him well. In other words, Crenshaw's uh, got the ability here to take the high road over this weenie. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I just searched Pete Davidson to see if there was what, what reaction was out there. Mm -hmm. And even his own <laughs> castmates are turning on him. If that makes you feel better. Well, why was it? Well, I'll, I'll get into the whole First Amendment thing. You know, if I was running Saturday Night Live and these people were coming to me with their ideas, I would say to them. You'd find them $100,000. <laughs> you got anything <laughs> you got going besides your vitriol? You got anything? You got anything that we could maybe make a skit out of something funny? Do you got, Because you know damn well the producers of the show knew that that bit was coming on and what Davidson was going to say. Yes. And yep. is there, there's no adult around to say, look, dude, uh, the guy lost his eye fighting in Afghanistan. Uh, you're not going to compare him to a hitman in a porno movie. Pick someone else. You know, figure out, be brighter than that. Be right. more creative. This is, this is, they're just picking low hanging fruit on that show. <clears throat> and they don't even have the balls to uh, indict their own guy, Baldwin, <clears throat> who apparently was in a fight over a parking space in New York. I had to, I have to read this because I don't watch these shows anymore. I just what's in it for me? Back in 1975 when that show came on, it was it was must watch television, absolutely must watch. Hell, I don't care about them now. Yeah, we used to be. It used to, well, even in the 80s, it was pretty funny too. Uh, the whole late night crap. It's just all political shows now. Kimmel and and uh, well, that's that's the really bad thing is, is they're wearing their. Uh, uh, Politics right there on their sleeve. They don't even hide it anymore. And, um, you know, they do throw a bone. And go, oh, we're going to mock a, a, a Democrat. But it's. it's but where's the where's not. the where's the moral and ethical clarity to edit yourself and say, you know what? I can come up with a better line than than uh, this guy looks like a, a hit man in a porno movie. I guess he lost his eye in a war or whatever. You, you got to be better than that. <laughs> a war or. Or whatever. Whatever. Well, it's Just, a, it's a big difference between a war or whatever. So, so Davidson uh, is is a much lesser fellow than Crenshaw, in my estimation. Well, and how about Crenshaw saying, you know what? I don't need an apology from him. Uh, it, I think that was classy, just to say, this guy's good luck not to even, you. It's, you're not even worth it. <laughs> right? That's just he's exposed himself. Right, good luck to you. Right? Yep. Have at it, and and whatever plays out, will he'll get his. It's just a shame, though. It's just a shame that it, that it's come to this. That, that it's automatically, uh, the, the entertainment industry is automatically predisposed to believe that a Republican or a conservative is fair game for however tawdry they want to become. It's just, it, that's what it's come to. It's, it, it really takes the wind out of your sails. 
It would take the wind out of your sails more if you happen to actually watch that nonsense. Yeah, I did not. Uh, I, I, I guess I tuned it in. I did not see that segment. But it, it, that's basically what the news update. You know, Chevy Chase uh, making a couple jokes or Jane Curtin way back when was pretty funny. And they have had some clever news. Uh, Dennis Miller was funny. But now I, I don't think, I think their news segment is just, uh, it's bullying. It's light bullying. I don't feel that I'm missing anything either. I don't think you are. Johnny, there would have been a day when if you missed Saturday Night Live, you might have been a little regretful. Definitely. The first three seasons. First three least, seasons. Yeah, at least. And then, like Rook said, into the 80s when they got the new cast with Billy Crystal and, mm-hmm. and those guys, it was great then too. But uh, And you'd never miss it. And, you, you know, you're right. In those early years, you couldn't beat that whole cast getting together to do Christmas carols. And they would start saying, Oh, little town of Bethlehem. And then they who would just start Who was the chick humming. who did Sarah Palin? Uh, Tina Fey. That was the beginning of the end. But I will say this. Fey was hilarious. Yeah, she yeah. was pretty she good. Was spot hilarious. Yeah. She was spot on. Yeah. But that was the beginning of this. 2008 was the beginning of the show really basically becoming an extension of the Democratic Party. Oh, I don't Party. know about that. Because wasn't the, the, the Bill comedy, that was prevalent on Saturday Night Live. The Bill comedy. Bill, uh, Bill Clinton. He was featured prominently, don't you think? I don't recall. They made him out to be a a a, a boob, but they really went after Palin. I think that's yeah. that's the distinction. Is they they really went hard after her. She couldn't burp without them getting all over it. And Bill, it was more of a again funny nature. Uh, but her, I, I think it started to get mean spirited for Sarah what's, Palin. What's Baldwin's problems? He got a lot of anger issues. Yes, he, you I, know what? He's a bad guy. He's I, very. I, he's a very good actor, but he's a. He's not a guy. He he's, might be bipolar. I think. Well, well, he flipped out on the airline attendant. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. He, he 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 goes in those short spurts. Remember when he was talking to not Daryl Hannah, who was his wife, um, Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger, and he was talking about the the, the, da- the daughter. That's what it was. Oh, it was yeah. just. He explodes, and I don't think he's one of the guy. He's you ever not see him guy. in a movie called The Cooler? Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Cooler. There's no doubt this guy's a brilliant actor. Yeah. But he, in real life, he must just be a turd. Yeah, well, if you're younger, uh, like my kids, you would know him as the guy that was the mean guy in The Cat in the Hat. <laughs> yeah, I would I would not know that. You probably didn't. You haven't seen that one yet, huh? I've missed that. I will uh, introduce that to some little was, people that uh, you know. He was also Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. He was brilliant. Oh, yeah. That. yeah. He was brilliant yeah. in that. But getting back to this Pete Davidson, you're showing me nothing here, pal. You're ripping a guy with an eye patch. Well, okay, and why is the Think about that. Think of Baldwin. Think of Lorne Michaels. Think of Tina Fey. They are extremely successful. They're in the club. They have to tell. They have to talk. They have to say what the club approves. Of. And every one of them now has to outdo the other to prove how much more in the club they are. Because mm-hmm. what we'll, we'll end up finding out is that the the SNL producers knew he was going to do this, of course, and still let him do it. Yeah, there's, well, no, they would there's to, no adults in the room no. anymore. Because <clears throat> they would have to get the shot of the file shot of you know um, uh, with the guy with the patch on. You know, because when they're doing mm-hmm. the news, yeah. and then that would already be have been um, put into the teleprompter, so it's not a spur of the Think moment. Think of thing. the innocence of Dana Carvey doing HW. Oh my God! Compared to the vitriol that we see today. Now, granted, Trump is a is a tempting character to <laughs> yes. to to go after. Right? Yeah. I certainly acknowledge that. But week after week after, come to me with a better idea once in a while. 
when Carvey did HW, it was charming Not to the point that. where HW <laughs> and he were buddies. Yes, yes. Had him to the White House. Not going to eat my broccoli. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to do it. That was <laughs> Not going to do good. it. Not going to. And then who's the guy who did W? <laughs> w was done by um, Frank Caliendo. No. W was. W was uh, oh, I can't, I, I can't picture I can that. see him. Hold I can't still know his name. Got to get this because people are going to yell at us. No, it wasn't. Caliendo uh, was. Uh, a strategery. <laughs> Look at that! Uh, that uh, that guy's an American hater. <laughs> oh, Will Ferrell! Will Ferrell! Will, yeah, Ferrell. Will Ferrell! Even that, uh, it was getting more biting, but nothing like today. Right. And by the way, Will Ferrell's W wasn't good. No, I, I didn't think so I either. Did, uh, rookies is better yeah, than his. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> He's an American. Do my laugh at the thing where I do my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for that movie to come out. By the way. Which movie? The uh, George Bush, uh, um, a George, uh, not George Cheney, Dick Cheney movie. Oh, okay. There's a movie coming out as to what what happened, and there's one where a scene where uh, Bush has asked Cheney to be his VP, and they're sitting and eating barbecued wings on the and W's got stuff all over his mouth, and he's like, "So we're we gonna do this or what?" And it's just they're two perfect casts. But. We know what he know. We know he says yes. No, it's that's. I'm not giving you the ending. Now, but it's just what I'm saying is the twenty the years movie. ago. Twenty years ago, uh, uh, Jesse Ventura, in a tremendous upset, shocked the world, became governor. We're going to devote tomorrow's show to those memories. Uh, let's uh, take a break. We'll be back with John Heights newscast. John Hyde. Thank you, Joe. Hey, John. Yeah. Uh, offsite correspondent Downing uh, sent me an email. Uh-huh. Uh, Tears for Fears tour equipment is being auctioned off. Really? From their 1996 uh, tour. Uh, Do they need the money? Charity? I don't know. He linked the. Uh, he linked me to the uh, auction site. That's what are you weird. buying? Boy, I'd take the whole stuff if I could get it. <laughs> That's weird. A little drum set? Yeah. That huh. would actually be very cool to yep. own. Yep. Well, is it... Ridiculously overpriced. I didn't even uh, oh. bother to find the prices. It must be for charity, don't you think? Mm-hmm. It's got to be. I guess they're just out there shouting it all out. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you keep selling them seeds along. I'll look it up. Yeah, okay. do it. We did lose, uh, In uh, I wasn't on the day, but uh, Tony Joe White, who's one of my favorites. Uh, we lost him about a week and a half ago. Uh, 75 years old. He had a heart attack. Remember Poke Salad Annie? Yep. And he was still making really good albums. Had uh, had one out about two months ago. It just came out. It's really good. But anyway, uh, wait, Tony. He's. I'm not joking. He sang Poke Salad and wrote it. He wrote it and sang it. Had the hit with it. Uh, okay. He also wrote. Uh, Remember Rainy Night in Georgia. Great song by yeah. Brooke Benton. Yep. He wrote that also. Oh, okay. did he also write Grape Salad? Yummy, yummy. Nope. I don't think that was the. Uh, wow. Different guy. Yeah, I don't know what that is. You know, Reavers, you're going to lose all speaking privilege. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting really You're going to go Ingy. He's going to go Ingy on you. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit myself. You went one, he, went, he went one too far. Yeah. 
The Department of Corrections confirms two corrections officers were injured as the result of an assault Sunday night at the Minnesota Correctional Facility in Faribault. DOC spokesperson Sarah Fitzgerald said the two injured officers were taken to the hospital. They have since been released. The inmate was immediately put in restrictive housing. The facility is currently locked down. It's still under investigation. The latest attack follows the deaths of two Minnesota corrections officers on duty in recent months. Joseph Gom was killed while on duty at the Minnesota Correctional Facility in Stillwater. That was back in July. And Joseph Brise died after suffering a medical emergency following an incident in which he had rushed to help a fellow guard who was under attack at Oak Park Heights on September 24th. The man accused of trying to run Olympic gold medalist Jesse Diggins off the road has now been criminally charged with five misdemeanors. 37-year-old George J. Frost of St. Mary's Point was charged with assault, reckless driving, careless driving, disorderly conduct, and nuisance on public roadways. According to Afton City Attorney Fritz Kanak, the 27-year-old Diggins and Stillwater Area High School cross-country ski coach Chris Hansen were threatened during a three-hour roller skiing training session in Diggins' hometown of Afton. Diggins says she just wants to put everything behind her. She said, I don't have any comments. I'm moving on. Initially, she just asked the police to let Frost know that what he did was not okay. The officer went to his home, spoke to his wife, and obtained his cell phone number. The officer was unable to reach him and left a message, according to the police report. The city, after learning of the incident, decided to press charges. The city administrator, Ron Moros, said in a press release Friday, the very unfortunate incident this past weekend is completely unacceptable behavior. We have zero tolerance for this type of aggressive, threatening, and dangerous behavior. I can find no uh, information that suggests the uh, Tears for Fears equipment auction is for charity. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Clothes, guitars, mm. amps, mm. synthesizers. We want to sell day. everything. It's like huh? a garage sale. Yeah. Clothes? They never really wore costumes, did they? No. That I ever saw. Well, you can get some bell bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> so, Johnny, the the, the digging story. Yeah. The, the, I'm confused here. Yes. So, he, he targeted her and uh, her coach? And if you didn't see, I'm sorry, perhaps I should have backgrounded this a bit. If you didn't see the original, uh, he was, uh, they were on the side of the road training, and he kept uh, pulling up beside them, yelling at them, kind of, into, you know, turning into them kind of uh, as in make, like get off the road because yeah, you're oh god yeah, that kind of one thing. of those guys. And, and it continued it wasn't just a, a 20 second thing it happened for several miles wow. according to the original reports on it so what a dummy yeah a russian fighter jet intercepted a u.s navy plane in, in what is being called an unsafe encounter over the black sea putting the plane's pilot and crew at risk according to the navy Navy posted video of the incident on Monday. During the 25-minute intercept, the Navy said the Russian Su-27 sped directly past the front of the aircraft. The Russian jet flew past it a second time, applying its afterburner while conducting a banking turn away. Passengers reported turbulence during the first pass and vibrations from the second. uh, A statement said, while the Russian military is within its right to exercise within international airspace, this, uh, this interaction was irresponsible. A statement coming from the Navy. It also said we expect them to behave within international standards set to ensure safety and to prevent incidents, including the 1972 agreement, the prevention of incidents on and over the high seas. It added unsafe actions increase the risk of miscalculation and potential for midair collisions. Uh, Ugly story from Florida. Authorities say a 15-year-old boy there strangled his mother after getting into an argument over a a bad grade that he received. Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood said Gregory Ramos was arrested early Saturday after the body of his mom, 46-year-old Gail Clevenger, was found buried under a nearby church's fire pit. Investigators say Ramos killed her after they argued about his school grades. Chitwood said the boy is, in his words, one of the top three sociopaths he has ever encountered. 
calling him a soulless individual. After the killing, authorities say the boy called friends to help him make it look like someone had burglarized the home. The boy initially told deputies his mother was missing. The sheriff said, I, to watch how cold and callous and calculating he was, I think was probably the most shocking thing for all of us. No signs of remorse whatsoever. And two 17-year-olds face multiple charges. Well, there's another story out there about a kid who killed his grandmother because uh-huh. she told him to clean his room. Yep. Hmm. So she killed him and then himself. I think I just sort of cleaned the room. Uh, that's a better way to go about and, it. Yeah. And Whenever if the kid got a D minus that got in the fight with mom, mm-hmm. all he had to do was change it to a D plus. You don't plus. kill your parents. Yeah. You just go D plus. That's Boom. Right. Yeah. Take the consequences. Saturday at the Breeders' Cup, a 24-year-old Kentucky man named Michael Wells Roddy was arrested at Churchill Downs for sneaking into a restricted area, jumping on a horse, and trying to ride it out onto the track. I'm putting this in my loose, loose leaf binder. Yep, there you I've go. never done this. Not surprisingly. I got to take it for a lap. He's been charged with public intoxication and disorderly conduct. Never did that. Never stole a horse. From the Lexington Herald Leader, Kentucky State Police said in an arrest citation that the 24-year-old Wells Roddy was manifestly under the influence of alcoholic beverages when he snuck into a restricted area he was not authorized to be in and took off on the horse. He made it out to the tunnel area and into the track entrance, police said in the citation. Citation added, when asked to leave the horse and the area, the subject became loud and disorderly by causing an alarm to Churchill staff members. Wow, he then that's s- ballsy. He then said, I didn't know I could drive a horse. I didn't know I could ride a horse. <laughs> <laughs> a runaway train took off without its driver. It rattled over 57 miles at speeds of 62 miles an hour before being deliberately derailed. That, according to Australia's Transport Safety Bureau Monday, the vehicle, which had no one on board but had lots of iron ore, consisted of four locomotives and 268 cars. It was operated by mining camp BHP Billiton, traveling across western Australia from the remote mining town of Newman to Port Hedland on Monday. And when the driver was outside, the train commenced to run away, according to the report. It began its getaway when the driver stepped off to inspect a wagon at about 4.40 in the morning. It was eventually forcibly derailed just under an hour later at 5.30. With no one on board, the train traveled before being deliberately derailed at a set of points around Port Hedland, according to the report. An investigation into the incident is being carried out. Damage to the train was substantial, according to officials. BHP Billiton confirmed it had suspended all of its iron ore rail operations. No one was injured during the incident. What do you mean deliberately derailed? Uh, I suppose they put something on the track to make it 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 fall off. Saudi Arabia deployed a chemist and toxicology expert to Istanbul after the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in an attempt to cover up evidence of the killing, a Turkish newspaper reported Monday. The murder of the Saudi royal insider turned critic inside Saudi Arabia's consulate in Istanbul has provoked widespread international outrage. While Riyadh officials have admitted the murder was planned, they have so far declined to release any details of the whereabouts of the 59-year-old journalist's missing body. According to Turkey's pro-government Sabah Daily, Saudi Arabia sent an 11-member cover-up team to Istanbul October 11th, nine days after the Washington Post contributor vanished after entering the diplomatic compound to obtain paperwork for his marriage. Paper said chemist Ahmad Abdulaziz Anjonobi and toxicology expert Khalid Yaya Al-Zarani were among the so-called investigative team. Saudi Arabia did finally allow Turkish police to search the consulate for the first time October 15th. Turkey's chief prosecutor said last week Khashoggi was strangled as soon as he entered the consulate. 
Also confirmed the body was dismembered. An advisor to President of Turkey, Erdogan, hinted in an article published on Friday the body may have been destroyed in acid. Wow. That is like a Vince Flynn movie mm-hmm. or a novel. Ex-White House counsel John Dean thinks history will view former President Richard Nixon's Watergate scandal as a brief idyllic daydream after President Trump's administration, which he is calling evil. He says Trump's making the long nightmare of Nixon's Watergate seem like a brief idyllic daydream. He tweeted that on Saturday night. He said history will treat Nixon's moral failures as relatively less troubling than Trump's sustained and growing decadence, deviousness, and self-delusive behavior. Uh, Dean was White House counsel, of course, from 1970 to 1973 under Nixon. He agreed to cooperate with the Senate Watergate investigators and federal prosecutors after Nixon refused to grant him immunity for his role before the 1972 break-in of the Democratic National Committee headquarters. Dean served time in prison following a guilty plea to obstructing justice. He's been a vocal critic of President Trump, especially amid reports that former Trump White House counsel Don McGahn has cooperated with special counsel Robert Mueller's federal Russia investigation. McGahn sat down with Mueller's team and reportedly gave dozens of hours of testimony. Trump has called Dean a rat on Twitter in response to his scrutiny. God, that's a, that sounds old school. He's a rat. <laughs> He's ratted me out. In an interview with Rolling Stone published during the summer, Dean called Trump shameless while predicting Trump's presidency will survive the Russia controversy and Mueller's investigation. I had to call a guy today who who I've been buddies with for years, knew him in college, and uh, an intermediary said, you got to call this guy. And I let it ring and ring and ring and ring. And his answer, finally, an uh, answering machine came on and the, and the message was, didn't get to it in time. Leave a number. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I think the most clever is when you pretend to be talking to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ring, ring. Hello. That's, that's annoying. I can't hear you. Can you talk no, a little you, louder? That's that's <laughs> your voice. I've done that many oh, times. Yeah, many a times. I'm going to tell you guys about a lawsuit that combines the failed academy. Well, you'll just have to wait and listen. Oh, it's just you got uh, something for us. Yeah, you're going to like this. Or actually, you're not. You cannot stop it. You just make a move. A group of young people can sue the federal government over its climate change policies, the Supreme Court said Friday. Since it was first filed in 2015, the government has requested several times that Juliana versus United States be dismissed. I want to trust that we are truly on track for trial without having further delays, Kelsey Juliana, a 22-year-old plaintiff, said in a statement. But these defendants are treating this case, our democracy, and the security of mine and future generations like it's a game. I'm tired of playing this game. The lawsuit brought by 21 plaintiffs, many of whom are minors, in U.S. District Court in Eugene, Oregon, claims the federal government encouraged the production of oil, gas, and other fossil fuels, causing the planet to warm and infringing on several of the plaintiff's fundamental rights. It lists examples that the government knew the earth was warming as early as 1965, and it requests a court order for the government to decrease carbon dioxide emissions, as well as the creation of a national plan to restore Earth's energy balance and stabilize the climate system. You think these kids haven't been brainwashed in the failed academy? Maybe just a little. 
The breadth of respondents' claims is striking, the Supreme Court had said in an earlier court order, but it said the claim should not be dismissed before going to trial. Leanne Drahim, whose son Levi, 11, is the youngest plaintiff, said the case was based in part on the public trust doctrine. People have the right to running water, clean water, and clean air, Drahim told NPR. And then there's also the amendment with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. One's life is at risk with health and having to leave our home. The trial had previously been scheduled to start October 29. The group Our Children's Trust, which has provided support for the plaintiffs, said it requested a status conference to set a new trial date. It could now start as early as mid this month. I love the environment and I love to be outside, Levi, the plaintiff said. He's 11. And when I realized there was such a thing called climate change, I realized I needed to do something about it. At a rally in Eugene on Monday, the day the trial had been scheduled to start, Levi explained why climate change in particular has struck a chord. I have personally had to evacuate my home because of hurricanes, he said. I have seen fish kills on my beach, and I have seen changing weather in more and more hot days. Levi, who was eight when the lawsuit first filed, and his mother have been involved in local environmental activism in their home of Satellite Beach, Florida. A lot of people say, why don't you just recycle or ride your bike more? And he does all that, Drahim said. It's not working. It's not good enough to just get individuals to do individual small things. We need, as a country, to do much bigger things. I hope the Supreme Court doesn't spend a lot of time before they throw this out. Right. Uh if they don't, they will blame Kavanaugh. What the hell? These kids, uh, you think they're from families that have... See, they can't lecture me. No, it's you, all You think fresh. they have... Uh, she lives in Satellite Beach, Florida. You think she's got air conditioning? The mother uh, yep. of this precocious 11-year-old? Hell yeah, where's Satellite Beach, Florida? Well, it's on, the, <laughs> it's on the coast. She said they live on the beach, and he's had to leave his home because of hurricanes. Mm. And that's somehow the government's fault. <laughs> the, the government has not prevented that. These people have—they uh, consume the Kool-Aid, and it's—it's it's frightening. They're, they're, they, the depth of their stupidity is frightening. They firmly believe that humans can control nature, that humans can control the climate, and by doing so, then poor Levi would not have to ever leave his home again due to a hurricane, mm. because there wouldn't be any. Yeah, Satellite Beach isn't exactly slumming it on the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's just north of Port St. Lucie. Do you think they have air conditioning? Yes. I bet they do. I bet they do. I bet they have a pool that requires a heater and a filter to run to keep them— uh, They probably have a car. Uh, probably, by the, the looks of where they live, they probably have more than one car. They probably have washing machines and dryers. Yep. And stoves and refrigerators. Dishwashers. Dishwasher. Yep. Microwaves. Mm-hmm. I would imagine they do, man. <laughs> Maybe they're no, maybe, they do. Maybe I'm they maybe right they're now. all Pedro Luca in Satellite Beach. Maybe they're in a tent. <laughs> I, I don't, don't think so. No, you don't think so? No, I don't think so at all. Mm-hmm. But the kids, obviously, this is what they're being taught. And then in, in the in the uh, in the case of uh, young Levi here, you know, his parents are on board or his mother's on board. Right. Oh, good job. Way to go. Well, you're 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 not doing you're not being efficient. You're not doing anything. Plus, why? Why would you be so willing to not only think the government should do something, but you'd be actually willing to believe that they could? <laughs> what can they do except create more revenue streams to grow the state? 
which has nothing to do with the environment because humans can't control nature. Yeah, but I thought if we throw some money at nature, uh, we can, you know, stop hurricanes. No. Wasn't that right? Well, you think you can. But Are you sure that's not right? I, I, I heard a, could, a wise yeah. man once said that. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, we had eight storms uh, last year, which cost America well more than eight, eight than Come a on. billion dollars per storm. Sure. It's far cheaper to <laughs> recognize what's coming God, and us. cure the problem ahead of time. Yes, cure the hurricane. Cure this, and this kid, this Levi kid, will never have to leave his house again. You show them that money that don't make no noise, the hurricane's going. Uh, we're going south. If they're if they're that uh, uh, proselytized, why do they keep returning to that home? And this is what this whole climate agreement, uh, signed by 190 nations and now ratified by about 60 or so, is designed to stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> build a hurricane wall is what we're going to build. Build a hurricane yes, build the wall. Not allowed. Yes. Build it. And right. there goes your Atlantic Ocean view. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we used to see the ocean, but now we have the wall. The wall looks good. We haven't had a hurricane since. Honest to God. <laughs> Honest people believe that. People believe this. People believe that the government should be in control of the climate. Actually, what we should do then, much like with the garbage, sign up. Hey, we're going to be out of town. Yeah. Can we can we make it not happen the, this week? Right. The, the hurricane's still going to charge you. <laughs> right. He's still going to charge you for being even if you're not home. The the kid uh, Levi should make a pilgrimage just to visit my friend Pedro Luca, who lives in a cave in Argentina. By the looks of it, they probably have money to get over there or get down there, I should say. Well, you're just looking at the town. For all we know, they're they're uh, they're of modest uh, means. We don't know anything about them. Uh, the point is that these kids, with the encouragement of the failed academy, uh, have adopted this as their theology. Five will get you ten. That Levi ain't exactly getting hauled off to church every Sunday. Got it. I'm willing to be proven wrong, but five will get you ten that their theology is the worship of the earth and that they believe an expanded and enriched government that'll tax you more for the use of electricity mm -hmm. and fossil fuels. They, they believe that uh, that will solve what they believe to be the problem. And the problem is that occasionally uh, they get a hurricane warning, which is what people uh, on the coast have been getting for thousands of years. But there's just more people there's living more on people Satellite Beach. It's just a shame that these kids... Uh, Serpents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 21 plaintiffs, many of whom minors, brought this in U.S. District Court in Eugene, Oregon. And it claims the government encouraged the production of oil, gas, and fossil fuels, causing the planet to, to go foul. <laughs> and, and causing the planet to uh, work and mm -hmm. be efficient for, you know, building and transportation and feeding, educating you think she'd talk to us, this mother in Satellite Beach? Not tomorrow. Tomorrow's the Governor Ventura show. But uh, later might, in the week, maybe? She might win. She might be fun to to kind of aspire with a little bit to, to say, what, do you really believe this? And I'm sure she's Well, which one yes. of you knuckleheads wants to be in charge of trying to reach her? <laughs> Reeves is I'll, on uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to hand this one. I'm gonna, usually it's me, but I'm going to hand this one I think one I'll do Reeves. it. I think I'll do it. <laughs> All right. You're done. Locked Good in. choice. <laughs> Locked. Uh so I go to the Google. Oh boy! And I type in her name, right? Or do I go to what? Satellite Beach, Florida, telephone book through the Google? Yeah, and there. How many of the, what is her name? 
Lee, L-E-I-G-H. Well, I'm not writing it down. I want I you to. Want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not L-E-I-G-H dash Ann, A-N-N, Draheim, Draheim, D-R-A-H-E-I-M. Now, seriously, seriously, uh, we learned the other day, I said, geez, how did the pipe bomber get George Soros' address? You know who will provide me the number? I Seriously. Offsite correspondent. Chief, Chief offsite yeah. correspondent Kelsey yeah. will provide. You hear that, Terry? Spell it again for him. <laughs> I'm going to spell it for you, yeah, Terry. spell it for him. I'm off the hook now. Her name is Leanne Drahim. L-E-I-G-H is Lee, dash Ann, A-N-N, Drahim, D-R-A-H-E-I-M. And they're from Satellite Beach, Florida. And we expect that as soon as possible. Yeah, under, no, you under watch. our direction. He right? is under. so competent. Yeah, that's why, the, that's why he's the chief offsite correspondent. My hell of a delegate. At a, at a, it's a position that's absolutely enriching him. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is. I'll hang on to this and we'll see if oh, it comes through. I bet he does. I bet he comes through. Well. And uh, and he also, uh, 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 Jordy is, alerted me to this. And Jordy says he wants to sue the orange bad man for a new pony. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, tomorrow. Yes, Norm Coleman. Uh, we might we might have trouble with Hauser, who has other duties on election day. And he's gonna Hauser's gonna be here late, so we're willing to cut him a lot of slack. Well, he's gonna be here too late. Yeah. So, uh, but he's got more important duties. But we'll have Norm Coleman, and uh, we have certainly done. Uh, rookie's done everything he can. One to, last ditch effort is what I'm gonna do after our uh, we finish up here to and reach uh, out to the uh, former governor. Jesse Ventura, what was he, the 38th governor of Minnesota, I believe? Uh, gubernatorial election. He was the, yes, 38th mm-hmm. governor of the United of the uh, state of Minnesota. And then later in the week, uh, if the off-site, chief off-site correspondent comes through, we'll try to reach Leanne, uh, Ann, uh, Lee Ann Drahim. Yes. Uh, who is very concerned that uh, her son uh, should never again have to leave the house due to a hurricane watch. I also think that we should at some point check in with um, Patrick at some point. Patrick had oh, a um, yes uh, a little spill. I don't know if you knew this or not. Uh, his tweet. Under the filing of <clears throat> nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Yeah. Uh, where is his tweet? Boy, that's all this guy does is tweet. Well, now that he's injured, his tweet ratio is going to increase significantly. <laughs> what happened to him? Well, he tweeted out last night. Uh, two nights ago. Two nights ago. Yep. 73, stone cold sober 73-year-old misses the last two steps <laughs> at 2 a.m. Took a tumble, hit the knee that the doctor worked on in 1961. It's swelling up to the size of you know two or three baseballs or whatever. And he, uh, we'll, we'll find out and make sure that but, later on this week that he's okay. But the thing is, um, the DA yeah. had been telling him for years to stop walking uh, without the light on down the steps. Oh, you got to walk with the light on the steps. All right, Garage Logic continues via the podcast. It's going to be an important one. The next podcast you listen to after this, and that will be Election Day, and we will have a couple different surprises for you. GarageLogic.com is the website where you find us, obviously, but please rate us on Apple iTunes 1 through 5. We like five stars, but be honest, that's fine. Tell your friends and neighbors. GarageLogic.com also features some of the Greg Holcomb cartoons and also Author's Corner. Talk to you again soon, Garage Logic Podcast. See you again.